to a certain panic and recognize the situation's discrepancy. This means that the impulse trained in one place is not an idea, but a sensory scene that adds up to propelling me out of bed with a particular urgency. That impulse, which adds up to a nervous need to get up, kicks in, but is almost immediately contradicted by the surroundings. That meeting of virtuality, the scene of waking, which that particular waking conjures in its impulse, and the construction or recognition of an unexpected scene is real. I don't know where I am. The virtual scene seems to fall into the blackness of the waking scene simultaneously with its evocation. Consciousness still imbued with the impulse of the virtual scene until the waking scene can be mapped. And that dynamic of the virtual scene's history and the waking scene's falling into place. Coordinates of the waking scene begin to sit. The virtual scene dissolves. A memory, a virtuality, not here, wrong, amusement. The waking scene is where I am. Its virtual coordinates are verifiable in this moment. Now, I am here, not there. As automatically as the scene descends, my hand grazes a metal banister which whirs to my right like a cash register. My grasp of the banister is sporadic, loose. My hand rubs against it and releases it, and the sound continues without my touch. This dissonance redirects my attention to a man 30 steps ahead of me, also grasping the banister. Was there a particular regularity? or irregularity to the quality of his skin, the pressure exerted by his musculature, the speed of his descent in relation to the density of the metal, its thickness and length, its temperature, which was in coincidence with the relation between our pacings, such that this vibration produced an airborne artifact audible only on my descending right in the fleeting synchrony of our equidistant steps. As the man approaches the base of the stairs, he varies his grip, causing the phantom next to me to flicker in and out of audibility. We cross the border from Germany into France, and immediately everything has shifted. Geographically, the difference is negligible, and yet it is certain that the quality of the soil and the patterns of tree growth on either side of this demarcation, bisected by an uninterrupted roadway, is markedly other. And yet the difference is also too complete or too ingrained to be the product of a campaign. Nothing French in the way the print of a road sign ever so 
slightly tatters, but the product of a bounded range of inexplicably complex relations calcified into algorithms of potentiality, a bracketed feedback loop between material and a community's imaginary relation to it. Singularity called nation. All the while, the driver augments her senses on either side of the border. When, when what she sees wordlessly as a glut of light has passed, she returns sunglasses to their case. When we accelerate and the car's engine gets louder, so too the music turned up down. Once or twice it rains, this also prompts a change in volume. Across me, a headphone cable dangling down in front of an inner thigh, swooping up to a phone in one hand, the other hand loosely cradling in an emptily flaccid black backpack hanging down to the floor. The inner side of the plasticine material of the backpack's black arm straps are visible. They are white, as if powdered or sprayed irregularly distributed white, stained with salt deposits. Sweat, or rather a particular communion. The inner side of the backpack straps has passed through clothing, or rather minerals of flesh have penetrated the straps, or rather the white deposits are the residue of a molecular polyamory. Our shoulders, underarms, Sides of ribcage, blades of the back, reciprocally marked beyond the deformations of weight and pressure which temporarily inscribe themselves on skin. The look is irrelevant. The poetry of a stain is irrelevant. These streaks of salt, which are a mark of material indifference, are eminently sexual. Law jumps and bounces and lets herself crash against a trampoline net. She moves in a way that would elsewhere be pathological. She is three years old and her jumps are laced with a burgeoning neurosis. The surface of the trampoline is at equilibrium only when alone or when a body has sprung, momentarily erasing the trace of its deformity force. The trampoline's identity is a quality of speed, a velocity of reiteration. At three years old, our niece knows that here, diving with all one's might into the ground will cause no breaks or bleed. Of course, she squeals incessantly. Out of fun means out of desperate recognition of the suspension of Suddenly, she falls 
unexpectedly, landing face first on a sister's foot, jumping stops. The older sister whose foot has just met the little girl's jaw says, where does it hurt? The young one answers without hesitation, in my toe. Fry Otto says, a collapsed building is the most stable. The standing building has a degree of instability. In principle, every building is unstable. All architecture tries to do is to temporarily make stable what in principle is unstable. I suppose what I'm getting at is that a jogger is an architect, but the body being constructed is a Protestant refusal that denies heterogeneous materiality. I see a full-page advertisement featuring the image of a pink wrinkled anus or the pieces of pie spilling together on a face are a face. In both cases, I can trace an affect becoming a word and a recognition becoming a laugh. The anus is a flower. The face is a few morsels of baked apple. The impulsive irony of the laugh is prefabricated coordination clicking into place the displacement of air of Tupperware ceiling shut. What could be more unstable than a displacement of air? That silence would be identical to the stability of a collapsed house is no surprise. Just as the drone or a precision of dress or an orgasm or a national identification are all tendencies towards zero. What if the function of architecture were to celebrate instability? What if the celebration of the interval were something other than neurotic fidelity to the inevitability of collapse? Sometimes when it's dawn, our bedroom curtain's blue cloth becomes a haze in the room. What do you mean by civilized?